Pam, it's holiday season. What does that mean to you? It means labeling foods for our next holiday party. I love it. So in today's episode, we're going to talk all about how to make effective yet fun food labels. Welcome to Food Allergy and Your Kiddo with Dr. Alice Hoyt, the podcast about demystifying food allergies, diminishing allergy anxiety, and taking back control. Let's navigate this challenge together with evidence-based information, scientific research, and tried and proven practices. And now, here's your host, board-certified allergist and immunologist specializing in food allergy, Dr. Alice Hoyt. Hello, Pam. How are you today? I'm good. How are you today? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm really excited to talk about our topic today. Yeah, this is fun. Because when we're thinking about labeling foods for allergens for our next party, that means we're thinking about some sort of party and parties are fun. Yes. And even during this time, Mm -hmm. we can still plan and we can still be hopeful that we can start having parties again soon. And even with everything going on with COVID and what's happening in the world today, I think that these are still good tips if you're going to have maybe like an outdoor picnic um, with your family. I know that's what we're planning on doing. We're going to kind of do our Christmas and Thanksgiving with our immediate families And yes, we're all taking precautions prior. So just so we're all clear, (laughs) but we, these are good tips to have if you're going to do something like that as well with your families. So it doesn't just have to be a fancy gathering. It can just be an informal get together. So this is for all types of situations. And it's really fun to talk about today. I completely agree. So first I'll share kind of my perspective as a doctor on why labeling foods at parties is really important. And then I would love for our listeners to hear your perspective as a food allergy mama on why labeling foods at parties is important or gatherings is really important. From an allergist perspective, and you probably hear Adelaide chiming in because she's so excited (laughs) about this topic too. From an allergist perspective, it's first and foremost, it's really important to prevent allergic reactions. And if you label food with what allergens are present in the food, then that helps diminish allergic reactions. That's why we have the laws for commercially sold food. And it can also, for our people who are not allergic, but have intolerances, gluten sensitivity, lactose intolerance, by labeling the food, you're preventing them from having some sort of unpleasantry. And you don't want them to have unpleasantries at your house for multiple reasons. But, (laughs) (laughs) but as an allergist and as a physician, I want people to know what they're putting in their bodies. So that's my doctor's perspective. I think my perspective as a parent and as a person who has intolerances as well, I'm lactose intolerant and I have to avoid shellfish. It's just, it makes people feel comfortable walking into a space where you know that people have taken the time out to keep you safe or to just kind of cater to you as well as a gracious host. And so for us, it's very important for my daughter, you know, I'm I'm an adult, so I can very easily, I have zero problems asking questions and not being embarrassed about it for a young child or maybe even a tween like our situation, or maybe even a teen, you know, they're still a little bit sometimes could be a little shy about asking an adult, hey, what's in this? And you don't want to overstep your boundaries yet. You know, you, maybe you haven't really found your voice. And so as a food allergy parent, it's 
super important to be able to walk into someone's home and to be able to read and to see with my own eyes that, okay, you cannot have this. Okay, this is safe. This is the food that they've made for you. And to be able to just kind of have that peace of mind. And even if I choose or my daughter chooses or your guest chooses to maybe avoid certain foods, at least, you know, as a host, you've taken that time and your guest, we can at least be appreciative and feel very comfortable in a situation that can sometimes be uncomfortable for food allergy families. Oh, absolutely. So many families, patient families that I talk with, you know, they once their kiddo is diagnosed with food allergy, they significantly curtail their social engagements, which is often right. family engagements. And just the, the stress and anxiety that it, it can provoke just in, in daily conversations, it can certainly be a huge stressor. So when we label foods for our guests, then that tells them what's safe. But it also says, hey, I'm thinking about you. Exactly. And we've talked about this before about when we're having folks over, we're, we're serving them, we're loving on them. So that's just another way that, that we can love on them. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. So let's talk about what should be listed when we do label food. So, and this we're really getting with what's listed. And it's also good to talk about this because I think that maybe people are listening to this and saying, do I have to write down every single ingredient that I'm putting into every single dish? And that's not necessarily what we're saying. You know, we're, we're speaking about the major top eight food allergens that if someone's coming into your home with a food allergy, these are the things that we really need to try to avoid. And then of course, if there's other other sensitivities or other dietary restrictions, clearly we'll label those as well. But we're going to focus on the top eight food allergies. Right. So when... And this is getting very tactical, y'all. So if you're driving, don't take notes, but you can always come back <laughs> to this podcast and, and write this down. We have the accompanying info blog, foodallergyinyourkiddo.com. I'm guessing there's going to be an infographic associated with this because Pam and I like to get creative in how we present information to you guys. But the big eight allergens are peanut, tree nut, egg, milk, wheat, soy, thin fish, and shellfish. Now, one that's on the rise, and there's some legislation in the house right now, includes sesame because sesame is very quickly becoming a very common food allergen. And then we also, we want to label things that some people can have intolerances to, like lactose intolerance, also gluten sensitivity. And then we can also think about dietary preferences. So if something you make is vegetarian, if it's vegan, if it's kosher, some people even like to label what's organic and what's local. So even though we focus on the top eight allergens, as Pam said, let's include people like Pam who have lactose intolerance and make sure we label things. Or if you make it something specifically lactose free, then you can label it like that as well. And we'll get more into the nuts and bolts in just a few minutes. Right, right. And I think it's important too with today, I feel like so many people have discovered sort of healthier lifestyles, especially during this time where we're doing a lot of reading and staying at home. And so with dietary preferences, sometimes I think they get bad raps because sometimes people describe them as an allergy. But for those people who are truly living modified lifestyles for a reason, it's very important to, to take that into consideration as well. It's not just about your food allergies, even though that this is 
what we're focusing on. You know, this is what this podcast is about food allergies. But in general, you can take this conversation and turn it into any dinner party situation, which is kind of what we're trying to, to do, but also make sure that food allergies are highlighted here. Hi there, this is Alexis from the Hoyt Institute of Food Allergy. Did you know that the Institute is the official sponsor of the Food Allergy and Your Kiddo podcast? And did you also know that you are now able to connect with Dr. Hoyt directly? That's right. We are now offering food allergy office hours for parents. These one-on-one virtual sessions are available for parents all across the country. It's an educational session, not an office visit, where you can ask all of your food allergy questions and finally get answers. It's as comfortable as having a cup of coffee with your bestie. Simply click the link in the show notes to schedule and mention this ad. We are so, so excited to connect with parents across the globe with this new service. Okay, now back to Pam and Dr. Hoyt. Absolutely, because that that comes back to why we even want to do this. And it's because we want to prevent allergic reactions, which can, can be fatal. We want to prevent that. Right. And... You're probably thinking, okay, like I want to label these things, but how do I know if if the foods I'm preparing actually contain these allergens? And that's where you can look at the ingredients that you're using specifically on the Nutrition Facts food label, which is regulated by the FDA, by the Food and Drug Administration. And they label the allergens or they they require that allergens be labeled, noted on the Nutrition Facts food label one of two ways. One way is that the allergen can be listed within the ingredients in parentheses, and that's where you would look is specifically within the ingredients. It's often bolded. That's one way. That's not my favorite way. I much prefer when they do the second, when a manufacturer uses the second approach, which is underneath the ingredients list, putting the word contains and then listing the allergen that it contains. So it's very clear what allergen is listed in the food or in the ingredients. It's just it's just much more clear in my yes. opinion. What do you think, Pam? What do you prefer? I agree. I prefer the contains as a parent with food allergy. I also, my eyes go straight to contains, but I also read down the ingredients list as well. So, so far in this podcast, Pam, we have talked about why it's important to label. We've talked about what we want to label. And we've talked about why we're choosing these things that we're labeling and how this is consistent with what the FDA recommends be labeled. And we've also talked about how do we find that information from the foods, from our ingredients. Right. So now, why don't we dive into our approach to actually making these labels, getting prepared to make them, and really kind of what we want these labels to be. And there's sort of four things that these labels really have to be. Right. Well, first, I just want to real quick say that for me, what I do also after I'm looking at a label, and I think it's very helpful for a person who is coming into your home, sometimes they want to see this, is that I take a picture of the labels and I'm going to use in each ingredient. So let's say I'm making a casserole and it has cream and mushroom soup and green beans and butter. 
whatever it may be. I will take a picture of the labels of all the cans that I use or of all the things so that that way, if there's ever any question or if maybe there's an extra restriction that they want to see, or if maybe you're not too sure with yourself. Okay. I think that this is safe, but I'm just, this isn't my allergy. So I want to make sure that it's comfortable with their level. Then just snap that picture, kind of put them all in a folder in your phone. Alice's dinner party, you know, for Thanksgiving. And they just kind of have all of those there so that if you have someone come into your home and they say, look, I appreciate that you have labeled everything. And believe me when I say you, I trust you. But as a food allergy person... I kind of need to see it with my own eyes. Then you can say, ah, perfect. Here are all the labels. And they can just scroll. And that's just an extra little fun step that I do just to make sure that, again, we're loving on our guests. We're making them feel at home. And for me, I know that when my family does that for us, or when I go to someone's house and they do that for my daughter and they say, hey, look, here's the package. I kept the package. You read it and make sure it's okay. It just kind of makes me feel a little extra special. So I just kind of wanted to put that in there first. Absolutely. Absolutely. I find with gluten-free things, sometimes it's hard to believe like, is this really gluten-free? Right. Things have gotten so much better these days. So having the label and instead of saving them all, what you're talking about is snapping a photo, put it in a quick album. That's awesome. I love it. And then you delete it after and no fuss, no mess. You just kind of go on with your way. I but for it. tips of making fun and cute labels, first of all, they need to be effective, right? So we need to make sure that whatever it is that we do, it's going to work. So we want it to be accurate for sure, have all of the information that you need, all of the major top 10 allergens is kind of what I'm thinking. What are you thinking needs to be so in there? I would definitely want it to have all of the allergens. I'd want it to be as consistent with what we see in store-bought products as possible. So having all of the allergens, having if it contains gluten, I've done another podcast about the difference between gluten allergy, or I'm sorry, oh my gosh, I said it. (laughs) Technically, you can be allergic to gluten, but we won't go down that rabbit hole. Most people with gluten issues have either gluten sensitivity or celiac disease. And celiac disease is triggered by gluten. Gluten sensitivity, non-celiac gluten sensitivity is triggered by gluten. Wheat allergy is triggered by just wheat protein. Right. But so labeling what contains the big allergens, the big eight, also sesame, also lactose, which if you're labeling something that it contains cow's milk Mm -hmm. or dairy. And then also if something is surprisingly vegetarian or surprisingly vegan, if you're having folks come over and you've gotten some things that are specifically kosher, if you yourself cook kosher, also organic, having things labeled organic, having things labeled locally, because I, I know some of those things like is something local might not be as big a deal as somebody as if it contains lactose, but it's just nice. And again, right. it's, it's loving on people. So in addition right. to preventing an allergic reaction, it's, it's loving on people. Now, could you just stick it to kind of like the big eight and sesame gluten and lactose? You could absolutely do that. Sure. Maybe just read um, your audience too. If you have someone that's coming yeah. over that's vegan and there's no food allergy, then label only vegan. Don't worry about food allergy, right? If you're having someone come over that is food allergy and has no other restrictions, then label their food allergens, you know, so kind of just read your audience and that I think would be a good tip as well. Yeah. And if it's a bigger party or if you know there are a few people who have some allergy 
issues. Then also I would make just like a little, like write down a little, not like, a, I guess a, a key and sure. say like what everything really means so that they know what they're getting. I know that some different restaurants label things differently. Or like if you go to Disney, then they'll bring you a separate menu that's for gluten right. aller- sensitivity or for peanut allergy. And they label it a little bit differently than contains this. It's more like right. you can have that, which, yes. is, which is a nice kind of spin on it. Yeah, like, oh, it look, I can, I can have this fried chicken, which by the way, Skipper Canteen in <laughs> Adventureland, they have the most amazing gluten-free fried chicken Oh my gosh. That that's that's a Disney that, <laughs> that's a must have. We love that restaurant. We should we should definitely do a eating Disney food allergy yes. podcast. We're okay, tangent number two. Yes, here we go. Add them up. Okay, so the second thing, so first, this stuff has got to be accurate, right? Yes. It, it, if you're not gonna label accurately, don't label it all because that's just a false sense of security. Yes. The second thing it has to be, this is the doctor speaking, is it has to be <laughs> legible. People have to <laughs> be able to read your handwriting. Right. And lucky for all of us, if you go on Pinterest, then you can find lots of cute ways to label things that they're legible. So if you are printing these on your computer, then I would recommend using a font no smaller actually than probably 16 a size. Because right. if you're doing 11, it, it's people are going to be getting really close to the food, which during coronavirus, like that's just kind of gross, right? <laughs> So we want things to be accurate, number one, and we want things to be readable, number two. Because then it just defeats the purpose. If you don't do one and two, don't do it. (laughs) So number three. Yay, durable. We don't want this to get wet and take off all your writing, you know, or get crumpled up or get knocked over. And then if you're not maining the table, then there's no allergy label there. So we want it to be... Accurate, readable, but durable so that it Mm -hmm. is there where you need it. It doesn't move and it can do its job. Yes. And the other thing I would put on these is in addition to putting the the allergen contains this. So if it contains peanut, contains peanut. I would also put the name of the dish on top. Yes. So that it doesn't get moved around the table and somebody thinks that they're eating into biting into a brownie that does not contain peanut. Yes. And and then the, you have an anaphylactic reaction. So well, accurate, that's part of accurate. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Pam? Well, I was just going to say that part of durable too, I think, is that you need to make sure that there's enough room wherever you're serving your things, your foods, that things don't get crowded. So you have your dish and right next to where someone's going to pick up their spoon to serve themselves is your label so that it's not just kind of floating around somewhere on the table where it could be missed. It's If you're going to pick up that spoon, you're going to see that label right next to it or whatever, however it is that you choose to, to label the food. So it needs to be able to be something that can be easily found as well, which kind of goes back to being accurate and readable and and durable. It just needs to be easily accessible. Yes, absolutely. So we want the right information on it. We want it to be readable, legible, and and next to the correct food. Um, So the accurate location. And we want it to be durable. The last one. It needs to be cute, y'all. Absolutely. It needs to be cute. This and there's, isn't food there's, allergy 
textbook uh, podcast. Right. This is Food Allergy and Your Kiddo podcast. Well, food is fun, right? Yeah. Right. So be cute. And y'all, there are so many ways to make this cute that you can just do, pop open your computer, use whatever Word document program that you have. And you can, you know, add little borders and, you know, whatever it is and print it out on cardstock, you know, if if it's that kind of party where it's not very formal, or you can go just as far as getting something cute on Pinterest or on, on Etsy or um, ordering something online through one of the many websites that do pictures or um, graphic designs. And, and again, keeping the, the top, those first three tips in mind when making these, you're going to go out and and purchase one rather than making it yourself. But there are so many ways. And part of being cute though, don't make it too cute though, that you're taking away from being able to read it, right? Because that's the point. So definitely make it cute. Definitely put your spin on it or, or do your theme, but make sure that the point of it is still highlighted. That's exactly right. And I mean, you can you can be as novel as you want, or if if you're in a pinch, you can just cut up some paper and use some colored pens or some, yeah. you know, your kiddos markers. Yeah. You could have your kid you, help you with it. Yeah. And, so then and you we, have cute writing. Kids we did a bridal so shower years ago. No, it was on a bridal shower. It was a baby shower. And I went out and I don't know that I've had any of these tips in mind, honestly, which now as a food allergy parent, I feel like I should have been better about labeling the foods, not just to label the foods, but what was in them. But I bought all these cute little chalkboards and they were just little tiny chalkboards. And, you know, they came in their little own easel. And, you know, we wrote down the cute little baby themed name of whatever food that was. And it was so cute. And, but you could do the same thing with, you buy some of those chalk markers and you get these cute little chalkboards, a little cute dry erase boards, put a little bow on it. I mean, there's, I am not a creative person, you guys. But this is something, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Again, the whole point is just to make it fun, cute, but just effective to make sure that anyone coming into your home, especially anyone coming into your home with a food allergy, is safe and that the goal of the night of community and love and togetherness is met instead of having some sort of medical emergency. That's really the whole goal. And it's Mm -hmm. just, fun. Mm -hmm. It's just fun. Make it fun. If you're going to have food allergies, there's already so much anxiety and stress that can come with it. Take all of that, twist it around and make it fun and and make it okay to have a food allergy. I mean, it's it's not. If you ask any food allergy parent, we don't like them, (laughs) but just make it make it fun for everybody. Absolutely. It just, it makes people feel more welcomed to walk into a party and see, oh my gosh, the food's labeled. Yeah. And I mean, they're still probably going to ask you about it. Oh, but hands but down, I do. <laughs> it, it feels really good to walk in somewhere and see yes. what's labeled because it shows that somebody thought about you. Yeah. And yeah. that's, it's, it's very nice. It's very loving. And yeah, I think, Pam, your ideas are so great, especially if, if you do entertain often. And I find that a lot of food allergy parents are hosting often because they want to make sure that their kiddos have food they can eat and aren't feeling excluded. 
So going to Hobby Lobby or Michael's or wherever to get the cute little chalkboards, things like that, to just add another level of decor, but also something very functional and thoughtful to your table is awesome. Yeah. And on, and on top of that, when, when you're labeling things and someone walks into your house and, and sees that, it immediately turns a situation from super high stress. Okay, yes. what can my kiddo eat? What can my kiddo not eat? Did I bring some other snack for, for him or her that is going to make them feel a little bit better because they can't have that? Mm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to turn that around into like, oh, there's so much, there's so much knowledge here. It's, it's very easy for me to find out what's okay for my kiddo. They thought about this. Oh, wow, this is, this is great. Right. And we'll, we'll turn a stressful situation into a much less stressful situation. Right. So it can really kind of change the, the tone of the party for some of your guests with food allergies. And in turn too, if you're the food allergy family that's hosting the event and, and you have non-food allergy families coming and they see that you've labeled everything and that you have all of these cute little functional labels, they might, you might be sort of educating them, maybe not meaning to, but because they might look at that and say, oh, okay, cool. Well, next time I have a dinner party, then I'm going to do that because clearly this works. It doesn't take much work and it's helpful for everybody to see. So it's not just about you, but maybe about you kind of in a backwards way, educating someone else to do something like this too. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love this episode. I love most of our episodes, but this one was super fun because we talked about why it's important to label. We talked about what should be labeled, how to label, and the the four key elements of a successful and amazing label. So be accurate <laughs> with your information and your location. So attribute it to the right dish. Readable, durable, and cute. I no, think this is great. It is great. Pam, I'm super excited that we're going to be working on some infographics together, specifically for some really cute labels, especially given it's holiday season. So listeners, y'all stay tuned and check the info blog. Be on the lookout for these, foodallergyandyourkiddo.com. Okay, Pam, that's our show. Any final thoughts? It's been awesome. I just want to say... Going into the end of the year, everyone have safe and happy holidays and label your foods. I love it. (laughs) So remember, I am an allergist, but I am not your allergist. So talk to your allergist about everything you learned on today's podcast. God bless you. And God bless your family. Thanks for listening to this episode of Food Allergy and Your Kiddo with food allergist, Dr. Alice Hoyt. For more information on navigating the world of food allergy, visit www.foodallergyandyourkiddo.com and follow Dr. Hoyt on Twitter at Dr. Alice Hoyt. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Let's take the anxiety and confusion out of food allergy. 